And so come to, uh, to hear the word of God spoken to us the weekend. This, uh, all four readings speak to us about the fact of, of our union with the Lord and, and our attentiveness to him, our closeness to him, the fact that we are to abide in him. We hear it first, of, of course, in the reading from Samuel, how Samuel is there and he's, he's sleeping in the temple. It's an incredible thing. Imagine if someone were just to, to kind of, if Mr. Keith had a cot set up behind the high altar here, and he just slept back there all the time, ready, waiting for the Lord to speak, huh? This is reality, that, that an incredible thing that, he, that he's experiencing, young Samuel, and yet he doesn't yet have familiarity with the Lord. It's a reminder to us that, that just proximity to Jesus doesn't change everything immediately, that there's a process of conversion that happens. There's a growth and a renewal that's a gradual thing throughout the course of our life. And yet, Samuel is there, but he's hearing the Lord. He doesn't understand him, though. Again, he's not familiar with his voice just yet. He hears him once, thrice, twice. He goes, and he goes to him. He goes to Eli, and he says, Here I am, you called me. And Eli, wisely, after the second time, after the third time, rather, he points out to him, he realizes what's happening. He realizes the Lord is speaking to the boy finally and revealing himself. And he gives him the key. If the Lord speaks again, if he calls you again, say to him, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And the Lord speaks again, and Samuel responds as instructed. And he becomes a great man, a great priest, a wonderful man, of faith in the Old Testament. But it's this invitation to receiving the word of the Lord that's so important for us. For us to be willing and able to discern the voice of God. And again, it's a process that happens over time and it deepens over time. The Lord is speaking to us almost continuously. Some of us are totally unaware of it at all. Some of us get glimpses of it here and there. Others get a fair amount of it, and, and others are so immersed in it that they see the Lord's voice, they hear his voice, they follow him every single moment. Wherever we are, there is farther to go. There's a deeper knowledge of the Lord that he's inviting us to. And it's for us to recognize these places where the Lord is speaking to us, where he's revealing himself to us. We know several of them, and we're experiencing them presently. First is the breeding of sacred scripture. How many lives of the saints? Nearly every one, I would suggest, is touched by the reality of the sacred scriptures, by the word of God that speaks. It has the power to convert hearts. It has the power to convict us and to call us to the good Lord. These words that, that come to us, they draw us in. They are the voice of the Lord speaking just as it was to Samuel. The sacred scriptures. In this response, we hear the Lord speaking to us, and we say to him, here I am, here I am. That's the second point, in a sense, that we could say, our Lord Jesus speaks to us in the Holy Eucharist. Recall the story from a year or so ago, reflecting on the gift of the Eucharist of the, the Bishop of the Abandoned Tabernacle, the book, wherein the young priest was assigned to a, a, a parish far out, uh, far out from the city that had pretty much lost its faith. He arrived there, and there was, uh, there was nothing really beautiful about the church. 
There were cobwebs across the tabernacle because it had been opened uh, so long ago that all the oil from the sanctuary lamp had just leaked onto the floor because it hadn't been burned, it hadn't been used. All the linens on the altars were, were, were threadbare uh, because they, no one had really cared for the place in so many years and had just been left to the elements entirely. And as he walked in, he saw this place and he behold the abundant lack of faith. He knelt down before the, before the tabernacle in the sanctuary and he decided, I can't do this. And he was resolved at that point to go back to his bishop and request a new assignment. And when he stood, he turned around and he heard a voice from the tabernacle say, are you going to leave me too? And he was convicted on the spot and his entire life changed with just a single question from the Lord spoken to him from the tabernacle, from the Eucharist. Each week we show up here and we're able to receive our Lord in Holy Communion. And he wants to speak to us in the quiet of our hearts, perhaps during Mass, but especially after our reception of Holy Communion. How important for us to be able to retreat into the quiet of our heart and to listen to him, to speak. We recognize also that the Lord speaks to us by the teachings of the church. Our Lord, when he called the disciples, he called them to himself. In the gospel, the Lord, you know, the, the, the two disciples, they begin to follow the Lord and they ask him a question. He asks them a question rather. What, is, what are you seeking? What are you looking for? Which is a very haunting question uh, to do a deep dive in within one's soul. To really ask really, really, what, what are we looking for? And they respond, where are you staying? And rather than the Lord giving a simple answer, he says, come and you will see. Come and you will see. Come remain with me. Stay with me a while. Get to know me. Spend time with me. Not simply to have a head knowledge of where the Lord stays, but to know it by the experience. And how the Lord, when he was calling those disciples, he was pouring himself into them. He was pouring his truth into them. And that in God's good time, with the, Holy, with the Holy Spirit to lead them into all truth, as he says, this truth that was given to them expands in the life of the church. And we come to understand so many various things in the facets of, of God himself, but also the things of the sacred scriptures, the things of, of the teachings of the church, the moral life, all of this. The Lord God reveals it. And he revealed it to them, the truth. And so when the church teaches it's the voice of the Lord speaking to us too. It's the voice of the Lord speaking through the leaders of the church to be able to guide us, to lead us to truth, to lead us to that place where there is eternal rest, heavenly joy. To this also we could add those other places where we experience the Lord's voice calling to us. Of course, we would all presume to number prayer here and certainly rightly so. But we'd also add nature and the events of our daily life. These places wherein, as we go out into the world, we see a beautiful night sky or dawn or dusk and the sky painted in brilliant colors better than any human hand could ever have made. And it speaks to us of the beauty of God, the power of God, the majesty of God, the love of God, his goodness. We see the riches of the, of the night sky and the stars that are there counted far beyond number. And the reality that what we see is just a very, very, very small piece of what actually exists. And every bit of it proclaims God's glory. The Lord speaks to us in the heavens. 
He speaks to us by the things of the earth. How many homilies, I'm certainly sure, have been written over the course of the life of the church from individuals who spent time staring at a flower or at a tree or watching an ant walk by slowly but steadily. How many things can be gained simply by reflecting upon the nature of the world around us and especially also the events? Whereas many would call it, you know, coincidence or happenstance, we recognize that the hand of the Lord is guiding all things, either by intending it intentionally or by permitting it in some passive manner so as to bring forth something from it. In all things, the Lord is at work. Providence is at work. And he is seeking to lead us and to guide us to himself, to know, to know, to know him better and better every single day. And we can miss some of these things because they seem part of our ordinary life. We would expect the Lord to speak in times of prayer. We would expect to hear his word pierce our hearts during the reading of the sacred scriptures or an encounter with the Eucharist. But in the living of our daily life, there too the Lord speaks to us frequently, calling out to us, calling us at least if only to remember him for a moment, to lift our mind, our heart, our eyes to the heavens from whom come so many blessings. And a final place in which the Lord seeks to speak to us and have us listen is our conscience. In St. Paul's reading today, St. Paul's writing to them, to the community and, and, and reminding them that the Holy Spirit was given to us, that we are temples of the Holy Spirit, living dwelling places of God. It's a fantastic thing. That God has chosen not simply to, to be among us, to be kind of around us and to speak to us from the outside, but he comes and he remains in us. He stays in us. He makes his dwelling with us, the sweet guest of the soul. And he speaks to us from even the heart. So that in every single moment, we know that the Lord is with us. And it's for us to be attentive to him. And very often it's that that quiet voice of the Holy Spirit within our hearts that wants to speak to us, to call us to holiness of life. You know, St. Paul is speaking specifically about this reality that our bodies are temples in relation to immorality, of, of refraining from immoral things, of turning away from sin and choosing what is good. And this is what our conscience does. As we're going through the course of our day, if we do something that pricks our conscience, it means that we have done something that very likely, unless we have struggles with scrupulosity, that very often is it's simply wrong. It's sinful, or at least an imperfection that needs to be remedied. And it's the voice of the Lord who allows that conscience to be pricked. He himself often does it so as to call us closer, to call us away from sin, to help us to know that that's not good for you. That doesn't bring life. It doesn't bring happiness. It doesn't bring peace. Unfortunately, so many quiet the conscience, either by continuing to, to sin over and over and over and over again, so that the conscience just kind of becomes numb, or to shout it out with so much noise and activity and busyness and so many other things, that if we simply keep running, that we can't allow the conscience a place to speak. If we keep the noise going, there's no time to hear the still, small voice in our heart. But when we stop, he will speak. He will call to us. It's for us to be willing to listen when the Lord speaks to us. And again, this is a progressive thing. Samuel began 
hearing the voice of the Lord, but not sure what it was, thinking it was just someone else around him, thinking it was merely Eli, but it was the Lord. And we, in so many ways, can think the same. When the Lord speaks to us, we can go, hmm, interesting coincidence, fascinating happenstance. Well, that was encouraging. That was enlightening. But not always remember or realize that it was, in fact, the Lord who was revealing something to us in that time. So this is the invitation the Lord is giving to us is, is to open our hearts to him and to allow him to speak and to make time for our listening. It'd be a wonderful practice to take these words given to Samuel and to make them ours regularly. Before we begin time of prayer, before we begin mass, maybe before each of the readings is read, before the homily pray, sometimes Father has something worthy, worthy of hearing, I hope, before we're going about a particular event during the day, before, we're, you know, before we start work, before we start school, before we start whatever the case may be, anything and everything is a wonderful opportunity as we begin something simply to say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I know you want to show me something, Lord. You want to show me something, even just a small thing, to know that, I, that you are here, that I am with you, you are with me. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And for willing to say this often, and to make that time for the Lord, to allow that space of silence for us to hear his voice, he will indeed speak. And we will no longer be unfamiliar with the Lord. We will grow in that deeper familiarity with him. We'll be able to know his voice, and over time to know it more and more perfectly with greater ease and with greater docility to say yes to him time after time. And so we pray the grace of the Lord to be with us today, to continue to strengthen us, to encourage us, and to allow us to have that ability to listen with the ears of our heart and to say yes to all that he desires of us.